Hi, I'm Johnny Varvel, UK's Editor-in-Chief, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the Varvel Football Podcast. This podcast aims to bring you insight, debate, and entertainment from some of the best and brightest young sports journalists from around the world. Please do give us a listen. You've already started, so I'd recommend staying for a little bit longer at least. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, then please do give us a subscribe. And even better, give us a positive review. Positive reviews are a great way to expand our reach. Not only would this mean a lot to me, but it would mean a lot to over 300 writers that write regularly for Varble UK. We hope to get as many of them on this podcast as we possibly can over the course of the 2021 to 22 season. Anyway, enough of my waffle. Let's get straight into this. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Volvo Podcast Winter Edition. It's gone from weekly to Double weekly, I think that's fortnightly. Then it's gone to monthly. Now it's gone to seasonally. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say that the schedule on both myself and Harry's part has been quite extensive. Again, spoiler, I'm Johnny Bentley, the Johnny Bentley, the Twitter very catfired Johnny Bentley. Not for much longer, though, if Elon Musk has his wicked way. And Harry Roy, also of BBC Tess, with his blue tick shining brightly, He's also under threat from a certain billionaire who's bought a certain social media site that's apparently going to die. Harry, what do we think about that before we go into anything else? I'd be gutted if Twitter went. Like, I honestly don't know what I would do you troll? Like, with the majority of my <laughs> I just have to message you on WhatsApp like the whole day. Mm. Obviously, the winter podcast came. It comes into play, really, with three huge talking points from the world of football. Very varying, I guess, because you've got the international football scene. World Cup coming up. Not controversial at all. The timing, the venue, all of that. But amidst all of the political stuff and the external hoo-ha, there is a huge tournament getting underway. 32 teams competing for a World Cup. The first one in December, or concluding in December at least. So we're going to talk about that and probably lead on that before going back a little bit to Cristiano Ronaldo and his interview with Piers Morgan. Now, Piers Morgan sort of acted, I felt like, in that interview, a bit like people acted to me when they wanted a press verification pass last year. Uh, However, we will be... We will be... We will be dissecting that a little bit in depth because there were some certainly some interesting sound bites out there to go over. And then we'll be looking a bit back at the Premier League halfway point. And amazingly, Manchester City with Erling Haaland aren't top of the league, actually, and they, they suffered a surprise loss just recently to Brentford. And we'll be just having a look at the state of playing the Premier League at the halfway stage. But Harry, woke up. How excited are you that it's in this wonderful country of Qatar where there's absolutely nothing that goes wrong on a human rights level? First of all, hello, Johnny. Hello, everybody listening. I know it's, it has been a while, so good to be back on. Um, this might be the last podcast. Probably won't be, though. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we'll be back in the podcast of the, the year, new, perhaps. Yeah, definitely of the year it'll be, but I'm sure, I hope that we'll be back in the new year. Unless, lot, unless we're reviewing the World Cup. Depends on how England do, I think. Probably won't be reviewing the World yeah, Cup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in terms of excitement levels for for the World Cup, not really that bothered. I mean, we had a little chat before we started this and 
I think maybe for the pair of us, club football's going so well at the minute, I don't think we really wanted that to stop. So that's that's a big factor. Um, second of all, it being in Qatar, I mean, I don't really need to go into it because I think everybody knows the state of play there. Uh, it really shouldn't be there. I mean, this place is like the size of Manchester with about eight stadiums. Johnny was saying there that one of them's been made out of shipping containers, one of the stadiums, you said. Yeah, I, w- I was saying before we went on air, actually, yes. Yeah, so I was... Yeah, so... There are, there are, oh, I'm just getting it up now. So, so on one of my articles, I think for the MEN or Football London, hashtag plug, hashtag Johnny writes freelance sometimes. Which writer? <laughs> yeah. Um, in one of the, I think it was MEN to be fair. I can't, I can't remember. I've wrote so many. Just does that um, many for that many different sources. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could, could, be, could be the Telegraph now I think about it, but I don't think it was to be fair. Uh, that was something else. But um, yeah, so it was. Stadium 974, fascinating little stadium. In fact, my favourite stadium automatically. It's made out of shipping containers. How many shipping containers, Harry, was Stadium 974 built built out of? How many? Is that did... the actual name of the stadium? Yes. Well, I'd assume 974. No, it's actually uh, 5,000. <laughs> Why is it called <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's 974. It's 974. I'm only messing. So, yeah, it's recycled shipping containers and it has a capacity of 40,000. That stadium, I believe it goes until the last 16 round and then it's being taken down. So in it, from an economic standpoint or, or a cost, an economical standpoint in terms of, oh, that's quite efficient standpoint. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it will be easy to really, really care about efficiency. Maybe you don't know. Have you, have you been there? No. Would you go there? Yes. But if the price was right. But you do, yes, he's, he's nodding his head and saying yes. So, do any of them. Yeah. But it's easy to take apart, you know, when they, because a lot of the stadiums in Qatar are having the capacities reduced and some of the stadiums are actually being taken down completely after the completion of the tournament. So, Stadium 974 is very efficient that way because you're just taking off the shipping containers. It's amazing. I think that's remarkable. If, if, you, if you've not seen... You've been sports washed, Johnny, like it's far too easy. No, 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 no. Well, I was just talking to Richard Keyes at the weekend and he said... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, it's, it's, it, it's brilliant. And this is probably my favourite stadium, Stadium 974, um, for this reason. How Have you ever heard of that before? That's incredible, isn't it? No, I've never heard of a stadium being made of shipping containers. Um, haven't they got, I think, to be fair, the only positive of this World Cup is that fans have, can go and see different games at different times of the day due to, obviously, all of the stadiums being next to each other. That's mm. like probably one of the only bonuses. But it seems that it's a, a World Cup, and we already knew this was a World Cup for the super rich. I mean, the living conditions, not just for migrant workers out there, is a disgrace, but it seems that a lot of people are going to be staying in little tiny containers it seems and like yeah. on beaches and in tents and stuff like i mean this country is not big enough to host a world cup i mean it's a world cup you have like one and a half million people who are going to be entering throughout the tournament the population of the place is only three million i had a little check last night as well and um, just the logistics of the whole thing at, at, at doha airport which is a big airport they have a plane landing at the minute every single every five minutes 24 hours a day every five minutes another plane coming in which is Truly incredible. Uh, but how the hell that small country can manage to sort out a World Cup is purely beyond me mind. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's, um, well, I, I mean, I was I was amazed, actually, uh, to, to hear just weeks ago that there might have been some unjust ruling at play when this tournament was given to Qatar. I just thought it was all squeaky clean, um, <laughs> to be fair. Maybe, that, maybe I'm being a bit naive there. 
But also, on a separate note, before we actually go on to the footballing side of things, do you know how much a pint costs on average from these specific, specified venues? Not in the stadium, by the way, as we as we were discussing off air. Uh, FIFA. Well, they've banned everything. Eh? I think they've banned all alcohol sales now, even really? in the tents, because do you know how they had, like, obviously, I think Budweiser have spent X amount of money on sponsoring the next amount of World Cups. Okay. So Budweiser have to have, like, Budweiser tents selling the beer right. yep. outside of the stadiums. Okay. Apparently Qatar, if about last week, I think, moved the tents to a more secluded location, and now I think they've banned all alcohol sales completely in the country. I don't know whether that's just in stadiums or not, but... At, at World Cup stadiums. Is that what at it says? World Cup stadiums. So I do think that... But does that also mean the proximity as well as outside of the stadium? I imagine well, you're drinking in a hotel if your place sells alcohol. But Yeah. So they've probably moved the... Yeah, here we go. So this is good. So via the... Around, daily, ah, around World Cup stadiums. Around, yes, keyword. So fans will be restricted to drinking in official zones where beer sales will only be allowed between certain times with prices set at what... What are the prices set at per pint, Harry? Be six are at about sixteen quid. All right, okay. Well, you've gone you've gone too high. It's gone at twelve pounds per pint. Well, to be fair, that's that's in line with Las Vegas and Los Angeles. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Current, currently dockyard in Manchester, to be fair, because that's uh, that's really pushing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've spent way too much there. I swear. So yeah, no, twelve pounds per pint. So. Your traditional English football hooligan is going to have to be rather middle class, I think, if he's going to uh, get into those antics. Although I probably wouldn't be trying some of the uh, scenes that we associate with that stereotype in Qatar, because you'll end yeah, up I don't in somewhere you don't want to go. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get on the drink in Qatar, to be fair. I mean, where do you think those zones will be? Because you don't think they're going to be around the stadium. Do you think it'll be maybe Edinburgh or something? You just go <laughs> to Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Australia, there's nowhere near. But yeah, quite remarkable that we're having this discussion. And not that I say that alcohol is intertwined with football because it should be, but alcohol is large, is does have a, a relationship with football, the football fan, and, and sort of gets you into that zone. So the, fa- the fact we're even having this discussion is bizarre because it's such part of, whether rightly or wrongly, it's such a part of football culture, particularly at World Cup, with all, you see the, you see the scenes in their fan parks, for example. Yeah. Remember the Euros, where you have beers going all over and everybody. And then you have the all over Europe, I mean, they all drink in the stands as well when the games are on. I mean, they don't have it in this country because it would just be chaos, but... <laughs> Well, actually, just again, there's so much. You see, the thing with this discussion is there's so much to talk about that's not to do with the football. But I promise you we will get to that in a second. But I just found it quite funny how they paid Qatar citizens to act as English fans and other nations fans, Brazil fans I saw as well. So they were roaming the streets. And I thought there was a massive inaccuracy because if it was the England fans roaming the streets, obviously the one thing they won't be doing is, you know, stuff necking carling. You can't. But but again, I found that whole thing slightly strange. It was almost like, I don't know, something you might expect from North Korea or something. It was it's a just bit... It's just the weirdest thing ever. Because, I mean, it's like something new comes out every day that's just like absolutely bonkers i mean yeah. as soon as i saw i think i think i saw it on tiktok the first one it was like brazil fans and then i saw one it was like uruguay fans but what i noticed is on the t-shirts they all had written on them like brazil fans qatar and then it was uruguay fans qatar so they've obviously got these t-shirts printed and have been sent to them yeah 
yeah, it's it's honestly this it's mad. And the fact is, we've not even addressed it. They're not even playing it in the summer. The summer festival of football. Yeah. We're going to play in the winter in 34 degree heat. Yeah, it is bizarre. Actually, I, I don't know the actual idea of winter World Cup. Maybe this is just the 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 grump in me, but it's a shame they didn't have the um, the final on Christmas Day because you know everyone gets fed up when the same family members come up. So you just stick the uh, like seven o'clock. <laughs> Just stick it on and then you just enjoy it. I thought that would have been quite interesting. Or Boxing Day and it goes into that. But of course, the league football is actually back, I think, around Boxing Day. So that's um, that. That's, it's truly bizarre. That is, it's truly, truly bizarre. I will say as a caveat, because obviously this is like, nah, 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 you know, there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I obviously worked in China for a bit. And obviously there was a lot said about China and the way they operate. But I had a wonderful time over there. And, um, you know, it's very, 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 very different to how we perceive the world. Very different on a, on a human rights level, very different on uh, an ethical level, very different on a societal level. It's, it's it, Well, it's an Eastern culture, very different. Now, I know that Qatar is very different to China as well, but I know someone that, well, someone on the course actually um, also wants to be, you know, going to this profession, Callum Sutherland, if he's listening. Uh, but he lived there for two years, a private school boy, classic. But he uh, he did say that the actual, once you adapt to the culture there, you you sort of not respect but understand the way the life that life is it's not too bad obviously that's not you know we're not even taking into account the lgbtq plus factor and and things like that so there are even more stipulations to have uh there as well but it's it's difficult to play that to play devil's advocate but at the same time it is a football tournament there are a lot of politics. I going think the on. only positive you can take from mm. it is that the Qatari, I would say Qatari children who are interested in football yeah. maybe have a platform now and some infrastructure in place to mm. pursue a dream for them. That's the only real positive I can mm. can take from it, really. Because I mean, I, I, I've watched been watching the FIFA Uncovered documentary on Netflix. I'm sure quite a few people that have other streaming platforms are available. Now. Other stream, streaming platforms are available. But this is a very, very good documentary. And it, it kind of just goes into how Qatar were awarded the World Cup and the fact that this this should have been awarded to the US, who have everything in place. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, That's it, next time, then. Yeah, it is 2026. But I mean, England were in for, for 2018. I don't think we'll get another. I don't think we'll get another international tournament after the Euros, to be fair. So... To be fair, though, Harry, you do you made a really good point about the children, but also I'd say general Qatari citizens who've been brought up there, who've lived there. It's a bit like in China, for example, where they where I often felt if China were to host something like, uh, uh, well, they obviously hosted the Olympics back in 2008 and the Winter Olympics quite recently. But I felt that for the same reasons, if football was played in China, there was, there was uproar about all of the things similar to Qatar, but different. Uh, Qatar's probably more extreme in some ways. Yeah. But I also thought there is a there is a generation, there is a population here mm-hmm. of lovely people who live a different life to us. But it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means no. they, they've been brought up in a different society. So we we, we step, stretch that out to Qatari children, but maybe stretch that out to the Qatari population. The what about the whole Middle East? Because, I mean, this is yeah. the first time I met yeah. the Middle East has, has hosted a World yeah. Cup. Now, I know that a lot of people will, will, will rightfully go on about human rights abuses lgbtq which i mean of course of course and um, but can i know the whole sports washing thing but can this not help the middle east to kind of you're a big fan of sports washing aren't you can <laughs> help the middle east change, uh, just 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 kind, for, kind of change their 
Yeah. So I was just going to say, just for like a caveat, because obviously, you know, some might have some new listeners. Harry's a big Newcastle supporter, Newcastle fan. Uh, he supported them since uh, since 2021. Shut up. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, no, he did. He supported them quite a bit longer than that. And I'm only I'm only messing. But you were you were saying about sport carries. Carry on your point, Harry. Sorry. Carry I on. was pretty much done to be honest. Oh. Kind of saying that it can if it, it it could maybe change the image in not say change the image in the Middle East, but mm. it could help to maybe change the way their government think about their beliefs and that uh, sort of thing maybe, I don't think? know about that I I I I think because I were again uh, I keep named I feel like I'm just being a narcissist here but because I worked in China and I did did you no no I know never said no 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 but it does change the perception of how you think about when because I think if you've always lived in western countries yeah you think anything else is like beyond mad and, and all the people are evil I mean I heard people say Chinese people are evil before I you know, before I went over there as a popular, as, as a en masse, and I was like, well, that's not true. I mean, you might disagree with how they're... How Johnny, they're, check, the, Johnny check the floor. Check your floor. My floor? Just, yeah, just for that name you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I thought thought there was a snake there or something, to be honest. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, they, they, we, are, we can see each other, despite the fact you can't. Uh, <laughs> what name did I drop? <laughs> China name the time. Oh God. But anyway, yeah, I think um I, I think I think that sort of changes that perception in terms of even though I might not agree with the things that happened over there, you sort of you sort of skirt around that. And yeah, just to end on a concluding point from that standpoint, um you just got to appreciate it's a different world. And whether it's right or wrong, it's a different world. And there are people there who are very, very good people who are into that way of thinking just like the western people are into this way of thinking which one's right which one's wrong we'll say the western one's right they'll say the western one's wrong hopefully and it's and it's difficult really to, to say that given the way they have such discriminatory um, impressions on certain people but hopefully the football <laughs> the football it's guys all together i mean remember the, the, the fifa president uh said the, the current fifa president said recently oh can we all just have well, they a really good game you know, he just said, can we just have a really good tournament? No trouble. And then, then two missiles were sent to Poland. So, I mean, it wasn't like, um, it's it, 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 that's not really good. I mean, we're in the middle of a war as well with Russia-Ukraine. The world is a mess at the moment. So it would be nice, actually, in a way. Even though a welcome a distraction. But I don't yeah. think we'll ever be distracted from politics when it comes to this tournament, unfortunately. Absolutely. No, and outside of this tournament either, because no. of the ongoing war. Anyway, in terms of the football side of it, though, and, and we could go on for an hour on the Qatar just without the football side of it, but... You know, one thing that strikes me is something I think Gary Neville said, or I can't remember, someone said it. Recently. I mean, Gary Neville said a lot recently, hasn't he? He was on Have I Got News. He's been a busy last sport. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, was, which was amusing. Um, but I don't think it was Gary Neville. I can't remember. But anyway, a very fair point that usually you'd have a few friendlies to get warmed up. And, you know, anyone who gets a slight injury in the last game of the Premier League or the whatever respective division they're in, they could be like, oh, well, we can still make the tournament. We could still maybe just miss the odd game. Literally now we were playing, you know, players were playing last week. I mean, James Madison went off with a slight knock. To He's his missed bed. two training sessions, hasn't he? Yeah. Already, so. And, you, and the, suddenly there's a fear, even if it's a, a small injury, he might miss the whole tournament. That's crazy. But that's just the way it is at the moment, isn't it? It's absolutely, I mean, the, the whole setup of that, not having the warm-up games coming in. Do you think that there's a danger of perhaps 
a lower standard of football than we might have had in the summer because either players are too fatigued, lots of injuries are coming into play, they've not really had a proper break, they've not really had time to gel. Could there be a bit of a staggered slow start to this tournament? Even and, and not in, not those aside, in very hot conditions. I was just about to say that the heat's a, a massive concern. I think for me that's why you can almost rule England out of winning this tournament because I just think that the heat will be will be too much for us. I mean, I think it would certainly favour maybe the South American countries who are more used to playing in hotter climates. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, to be fair, I don't think that team cohesion plays much of a of a part into it. I mean, they've been out there, I think they'll be out there for a week before the first game. So look, these are top professionals, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to play together. And the majority of the squad bar Callum Wilson and James Madison have uh, played, I think, in the last round of games in the Nations League. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I do think that the standard will be a little bit worse. And that's ultimately, I think, the big factor is the mm. 34 degree heat, which they're going to be playing in, which is... It's absurd, really, for yeah. a winter tournament. It's a sauna, isn't it? It's like a sauna. Can you remember, can you remember the Brazil World Cup? That they, they were England were terrible in that, weren't they? It was altitude yeah. as well in Brazil, which yeah. was a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry, our geography expert here, drop. Oh, can you check your floor? Can you check your floor, Johnny? Dro- drop in those weather terms, anyway. <laughs> You're going to use uh, that all the time now. Aren't I you? Can you check your yeah. ceiling? Uh, <laughs> you just hit it. Um, so. <laughs> The no, it, 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 yeah. So that's that is a very fair point in terms of England anyway, and taking that into account. So let's sort of split this into into two mini segments. I mean, there's so many little segments, but mini segment England. Okay, uh, when Gareth Southgate, we both said this actually off off air, off podcast. Gareth Southgate squads announced. No one's ever happy with the squad because there's always one player who wasn't in, and they don't focus on the 25 they were happy with. They focus on the one who was like, ah, why didn't he make it? Yeah. That was a, that was largely Tamori. You weren't too bothered about that, but that yeah. was largely Tamori. I think it's more the fact that the defence is poor. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and I would have liked Tamori on that left hand side. He's quick. He's decent on the ball. I don't think he's perfect. You know, I you 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 quite rightly point out the fact. He's not quite as good a season with for Milan this season as maybe when he first got there. But then look at the players who are who have been picked for the centre back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the one stand bigger mission that stands out to me. Obviously Tony as well. Tony probably with the betting issue at the moment. Yeah, that I don't think that's helped his his case at all. But also with Tony, it wasn't someone who you say, oh well, he's going to go into the eleven. It was so. I mean, Callum Wilson is. The probably third best of the of the strikers Second available for me. Oh, well, I think well, you've got to. Con- I mean, obviously, I'm going to say that, but I, I think that Wilson offers a different game to Tony. I don't think anybody runs in behind better than Wilson. I think Tony's quite similar to Kane in terms of holding the ball up, being able to play wingers in. So off the bench, you want something different. I think Wilson offers that and give Wilson a chance nine times out of ten, he's scoring it. Okay, so <laughs> maybe Carl asked. Don't. Uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but I think it's. Yeah, I think that obviously the Tony one. It was a backup anyway, so you know can't really. And Southgate, I assume, had a look at him and because he got called up for the last yeah. one, and I don't think fancied him. To be fair, he didn't play a single minute, did he? That so was stupid, though. Because yeah, I mean, he should have. I mean, we were getting was... hammered in nearly every game, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, was it was it the three three with Germany as well? The three was the well was it the Italy one nil which was shocking. Yeah, and, and then looked three, three. And then the Germany three three. I mean, to yeah. be fair, he brought Mount and Saka on, didn't he? And I think to be fair, I think they just took matters into their own hands there. Just yeah. started playing the wrong game, and it worked. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think England's form 
I mean, we couldn't be going in with worse form. No. <laughs> tournament. It has been shocking. Yeah. And what do you think? Uh, do you think there is a possibility that England could get knocked out in the group stages? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, England should should canter through. They should win all three games. But a bit of me is like, I can see us drawn with Wales. I can see USA getting the points. I can see us struggling against Iran. Ooh, oh, well. Tough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, in the past... In the past, there have been struggles with England in group stages where you say, oh, they can't not go through. I mean, the last time England were in a group with the US was, I think, 2010, wasn't it? Rob and it was Green. Rob Green. England finished second in that group, didn't they? Uh, yes, I want to say. Yeah. And then, and then 2014, Germany. we finished bottom of the group. Yeah, but that was a bit of a tougher group, wasn't it? it was Costa Rica, Italy, Italy and Uruguay. And Uruguay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it is, yeah. It obviously, and second in 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 Russia because Gareth apparent well he there was threw the apparent, it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, they possibly threw it. But yeah. even in the group stages at the World Cup in 2018, I mean, we scraped past Tunisia, 93rd minute, I think it was. It was far from convincing. It was the 2-1 win against Tunisia. They scored a penalty, and then we, I think, obviously Belgium, we didn't fancy that. And then what was the what was did we, obviously I assume we won. It was the second game. It was was it who was in that group? And it was Tunisia, uh, Panama. Obviously, we, we yeah. smashed Panama like 7 yeah. 0. Yeah, 5, uh, wasn't it? I'm trying to think. Yeah. To but no, so so it, it, traditionally, England's easy groups have not necessarily been easy. That's, no. that's, that's, you know, and, you know, England, US, it's like football versus soccer. And then you've got England versus Wales, which is always I don't think like, the US are pushovers, mind. I think I no, think they'll, no, I think no, they'll no, surprise no. quite a few people. To, I don't think I think Wales will get through because I just think they've got that tournament know-how. But yeah. I think I think the US might might surprise a few. To be fair. Yeah. Well, they are. You know, they have. Um, they are, the US have some really talented young players, don't they? Gio Reyna being one of them. Yeah. Fabrizio Dortmund, Pulisic. As oh, well. oh, Belgium were the, the last team in our group, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, obviously, you know, oh, I wasn't really listening to you, to be fair. Belgium, Tunisia, but, Panama. Yeah, 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 no, but, well, well, Belgium was, Belgium was really interesting because Be- England played Belgium kind of not wanting to win, but wanting to win, and then ended up, playing them, ended up playing them in the third place playoff and got annihilated, wasn't it? Because I think he played sort of a second team, though, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think the US with Reiner and Pulisic, they've got some really exciting, dribbly, you know, like Duracell battery kind of players in attack. So that's kind of, they do have the opportunity, I think, to cause a threat. I think England will get through the groups. I think the problem with England, I think I, I think with Southgate, to be fair, he has done a very, very good job. And a lot of people seem to doubt that for some reason, but he's took England further than most managers do by instilling a really good squad ethos, making everyone feel happy, welcome, and and gets everyone pulling in the same direction pretty much. He seems to be a really nice guy. He seems to have very, very, very good man management skills. And he seems to know how to build that sort of collective beacon that everyone can grasp onto. And and, and he's, he's done that for two major tournaments now. I don't care really about the Nations League because it seems like a commercial cash grab tournament that's thrown in. Although I say that from the perspective of a big team, I think from smaller teams' perspective, it's really good because it gives them a chance for silverware, a bit like a Carabao Cup of sorts. But for someone like England, I, I don't think, you know, Gareth Southgate should really be judged on that. He should be on the major tournaments, at which he's got a semi-final, which is excellent. Then he got to a final within a penalty shootout of winning, which is absolutely remarkable. The problem is, I suppose, um, every sort of manager has that longevity, has that has that life cycle. And three tournaments is quite a lot, isn't it? Three major yeah. tournaments. So 
we're all on those seen. I say we don't I don't want to talk really much about the Nations League, but we have seen a drop off in terms of the performances somewhat, in terms of that maybe collective grasp for the goal of of pursuing something. Because England actually didn't do too bad in the initial Nations League games, to be fair. Um I think uh, they were within gra- a grasp of the final, but the semi final wasn't it? Yeah, then? Netherlands, wasn't it? Yeah, Netherlands. Um, so, yeah, I, but but the signs aren't looking great. And, you know, someone was saying it, if Thomas Tuchel was in charge now, would England have a better chance? 100%. Because I don't think Southgate's a brilliant tactician. But then again, at the same time, Harry, I don't think the World Cup's blessed with the best managers in the world because they're in club football. I think there are a few exceptions. The thing is, though, we talk about Mancini. I mean, he did a number on Southgate in the Euro final. Italy aren't going to the World Cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lost to North Macedonia. Well, I, I think <clears throat> in terms, <clears throat> sorry, in terms of the um, the high level coach, I say Luis Enrique for Spain. I think he's done an excellent job with a Spain team that was quite average when it last came out. It's getting better now though because you've got some really good young players coming yeah. through. Hansi Flick. Uh huh. Hansi Flick. Correct. So those two stand out to me as the as the strongest coaches in the tournament. I mean, Didier Deschamps has been around for a long time. Yeah, I the thing is, there's a lot of the old boys like Sir Louis yeah. Van Gaal, you know, yeah. Didier Deschamps, like you said. Yeah. So, yeah, but I just think for, with me, with Southgate, I mean, obviously he's instilled a, a fantastic team spirit, which was something mm. we lacked during the golden generation that we had that would have done a lot better with him as manager then. Mm. He, you know, 2018, we had no expectations going into that tournament after what happened in the Euros and got to a semi-final, but should have probably got to the final and beat Croatia. And then the Euros, I mean, for, for me, that was England's best ever chance to win the tournament. It was essentially mm. a home tournament. We had a relatively nice run in, obviously beat Germany, which was huge. Mm. And then got the final, won the look at half time and just just had no answer to when Mancini changed the game. And for me, if, if, a, if a tactician was in charge there, England would have won that final comfortably because they did have a better side to Italy. So mm. I think that Southgate's done a phenomenal job, but for me, I think it would have been better if he walked away after the Euros. But mm. to be fair to him, he's probably thinking, look, we've got a semi, we got a World Cup semi-final. We came so close. We lost on penalties yeah. in the Euros. We can go one further and win the World Cup. But I just think it's a huge ask. And when the when the team's out of form, usually what you do is you change the manager, don't you? Mm. And they've they've not done that. But I, I can see why the FA want to give Southgate the World Cup. But I think irrespective of what happens after this tournament. Gotta change it up. It reminds me of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United in terms of how he managed to. I've said this yeah. about four times on Twitter, to be fair, but I haven't actually said it on the podcast. I might have said it on the podcast, but he said he 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 galvanised the squad, kept everyone happy, built a really good team ethos, and everyone really liked him. But when it came to the crunch games, there was that doubt that when he came up against excellent tacticians, he wasn't quite in the same ball. And that's that's the same thing with England, where like you look at see how I've. Like the tournament tree, I think if England top the group, they'll play Senegal in the last sixteen. Mm. Quarterfinals, they'll face France. Well, that, that it could be Netherlands, Senegal, Senegal could be. Even then, even yeah. then, Netherlands, you don't fancy England. You go, I don't know. As soon mm. as you come up against another top side with a decent manager and top players, you, you irrespective mm. of how good England may be, and I still mm. think England have got one of the, the strongest squads. I mean, look, they've got Harry Kane up front. They've got excellent uh, forces out wide. They've got Bellingham, who's one of the best young players in the world. You know, England should do well at this tournament and should be expected to at least get to the last four. As soon as you put them up against a side that's somewhat decent, you immediately go, oh, I really don't know, I'd probably back us to lose that game. And that's probably down to Southgate, in all fairness. Yeah, I mean, just before we bring in to some of the other teams, do you think it's, would you say it's a, a case of a, 
um, a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3 or, a, or basically a back four or a back three? It'll be a back three against difficult opposition. Yeah. And I think it'll be a back four against probably Iran, etc. in the group stages. Yeah. What I would say, though, is it's not it's not even... A, unless I mean, Antonio Conte as a manager usually stern back three. I know Thomas Tuchel was... Not going great mainly, for him at the minute. Mainly a stern... He's doing all right. Mainly a stern back three as well. And obviously Graham Potter at Brighton. Predominantly, no, at Chelsea's fluctuated, but he was also like a, a, a stern back three. But a lot of the managers these days are fluctuate with a, 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 a rotating in-game formation, so that and that often works where you play a fullback at on the wide centre back, and then you can go into a four and a three seamlessly without having to change. So Newcastle do that with Dan Burn at left back, and then you can slide yeah. to a three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, Arsenal as well with Ben White at right yeah. back or as a right centre back. So it, there is a possibility for that. That's that's why you might say well. I mean, you could argue Ben White should be started for England, but if he plays all in that team, you've got that option then of someone who could slot in and comfortably play on that right centre-back or at right-back, for example. I know Trippier's obviously been, probably been the best right-back in the league this season, but in terms of that tactical flexibility, maybe that's something that he could consider. But obviously outside of England, then, you sort of both sort of said it's probably unlikely. Where do you think England will finish then, just out of interest? Uh, quarters for me. Yeah. I think they'll probably play France, and I just... We'll have no answer for France. Even I think even with a, a top manager in charge, even though they've got injuries, I mean France are a reigning champions. They're very very good side. Have so a weird yeah. feeling for last sixteen. I think well, uh, against against Senegal, Senegal or the or Netherlands. Because Senegal, I think, I think it should be either of them. I don't. But, I mean, Van Gaal's a solid. Ta- he's one of the stronger managers in the in the. In the, the Netherlands division. defensively are very good. Mm. Very good. Mm. It'll surprise a few. So yeah, it, yeah. I think it just depends on who tops that that group between Senegal and Netherlands. Valt Veghorst in attack, <laughs> yeah. Burnley legend. Um, uh, um, I remember it. when Johnny spent like five months last season messaging me, going, "He's so much better than Chris Wood." I don't know. I, st- I still, I still think they're in the same ballpark, Harry. To be fair, Wood, Wood is clear. Okay. <laughs> mind. Uh, anyway, for any again, for anyone who's got this far and doesn't know yet, yes, I do support Burnley, and they are doing very well at the moment. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, Val Vekhorst was an enigma. He was an enigma. He was a, <laughs> Top score at the World Cup incoming. Yeah, here we go. No, sometimes brilliant. By the way, can I just say? Anyway, so you, I, I think we're sort of in that same ballparky area in terms of the other teams. Then, I mean, a lot of people are going for Argentina at the moment. Is that just because they think Lionel Messi's played his last World Cup and, he, and, he's, and they, they want that sentimentality for him to win? I'm looking at Brazil and thinking they're the ones for me yeah. of the South American teams. You know, Vinicius Junior, Gabriel Jesus has had a really good season. Richarlison's a maverick. You've got Neymar. You've got Rodrigo. You've got a fantastic midfield as well. Uh, Casemiro will probably get involved, but Bruno, Bruno, it won't right even it. start for them. And that I mean, tells you a lot about Brazil. <laughs> no, but we say with you say that's bad. I mean, imagine not starting Edison. Yeah, <laughs> that's worse, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Or Allison, but it, you know, it, whichever one you go with, you've got you've got an absolutely crazy amount of depth, even in goal. Um, pity I think the, the third only place that lacking probably is is in fullback with obviously Danny Alves still playing, but they've got that many players around him. And Danny Alves is still a technically quality player. Probably lost his legs a little bit, but yeah. he'll have players around him that'll be... Not literally. Running. Uh, not literally. <laughs> you know, still, 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 still on the field. Um, but no, yeah, Brazil for me, 
the depth is outrageous. I mean, France, the depth is outrageous as well. But it's been a while since a South American team actually took this tournament by the scruff of the neck and did something with it. I think this could, be, like you said, Harry, as well, the, the conditions would suit Brazil. Yeah, and Brazil, Argentina as yeah. well, to be fair. Although they do play, most of these players are playing in Europe week in, week out. So there is that to consider as well. But obviously the upbringing and growing up in that area, you, you are acclimatised, aren't you, too, naturally. Those hotter conditions more yeah. so than some of the others. In terms of Europe's best shout, again, it's hard to look beyond France, isn't it? But Germany under Hansi Flick? And and even Portugal always turn up in a in a tournament. To be fair, and their running's quite nice. I think. I mean, they'll ha- I think if have a look. To be fair, Portugal will play if they top the group. They'll play Serbia, um, then they'll play Belgium, and then potentially France. So it's a tough one. But Portugal won the Euros. I was, you know, they've surprised a lot of people. And got the only thing with Fernando Santos though, he gets a lot of criticism for being a quite basic manager. It's almost like the Southgate kind of. I mean, when they played in the. In the recent Euros, some of the football was tragic. It was just oh, yeah. lump, lump it to Ronaldo, lump it to Ronaldo, lump it to Ronaldo. There's going to be a segue. There could be a segue here in a second onto Ronaldo, but uh, yeah, no, it was quite. I mean, Portugal squad's ridiculous, absolutely outrageous. I mean, Cancelo, Bernardo Silva, Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Diaz. So many top, and they've got like loads, loads of top young players coming through as well. I mean, yeah. Diogo Costa in goal. Yeah. He'll be in the Premier League in a few years' time. I'm yep. sure about it. Yep. So Portugal, maybe, maybe even a dark horse to win the whole thing. Um, but I think anybody on that side of the tournament tree, which will be France, England, Portugal, they've got, they've got whoever gets to that final, they've earned it. Yeah. But yeah. for me, I think, I think Argentina have got a great chance. I mean, look, they won the they won the Copa America. It's Messi's final tournament. I mean, a lot of people from a sentimental value would love to see Messi lift the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, but you can't look past Brazil. I mean, they've, they've took nine forwards and all of them are nigh on world class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the top nine, Neymar, Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Martinelli, um, Richarlison. I've probably missed out like three or four. And then in midfield, they've yeah, got... It's not nine, Harry, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've said I've missed out a few, but a lot of them are top. <laughs> Casemiro, Bruno, even Fred. Fred's still a good player. I mean, he'd probably start for England. So <laughs> No, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he, he would. would. Do you think? I think he would. You, would you play him over Declan Rice? You play well, no. Declan Rice would play as the Holden, but I think Fred would probably play a little bit further forward, maybe next to Bellingham, in those bigger games where you'd need okay. a bit more defensive stability. Okay, but fair. that just that just shows the depth that Brazil have, and if it comes together, they'll win it for me. Brazil, yeah, yeah. So two for Brazil then, yeah. Okay, fair and enough. Potential dark horses just before we move on. I mean, not obviously not like maybe an obscure nation, a team that you'd yeah. expect maybe get knocked out in the group stages because there's always one. I mean. Denmark and the Euros were the ones in the last tournament. Yeah, I think I called that. Turkey, but obviously that bombed. So yeah. Um, hmm. Well, based on what you were telling me before we went on air, Qatar. Would <laughs> 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 like to share that? Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> he looks for joking as well. Um, dark horses for me. I am going to go. I'm going to go with you. Ha- I'm going to go with Uruguay. Yeah, Harry said before we went on there that the... Uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Harry was being cheeky. Germany. You're being cheeky. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but Harry was dark game. arts at play. Dark arts at play involving, what shall we say, lots of lots of dinero. Is that is that the word? Lots of... lots of. Mm, I won't say the word. Anyway, but uh, yeah, no, Qatar... Digging yourself a hole here, Johnny. I'm digging myself a hole and five foot five, Johnny can't climb out of very, very <laughs> <laughs> holes. Um, but no, Harry was suggesting dark arts at play that Qatar might actually win the World Cup, so we'll watch yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go all the way. 
And then there'll be then there'll be a documentary on Netflix. Other streaming platforms are available. Qatar, <laughs> <laughs> the journey to success. It's a very expensive journey to. Didn't even play a goalkeeper in the final and still won. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can suggest how he came to this conclusion. It might involve, like I say, a lot of unseen. Go and watch that documentary I told you about, and you'll know exactly what I'm on about. Watch that documentary, the FIFA documentary on Netflix. Other streaming platforms are available. Um, if you want to get into the weird world of Harry, Johnny's Dark Horse is—is it actually Qatar? Are you going to? No, 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 no. No, please, like, um. Senegal. Senegal. Well, they've lost Mane, so that'll be a struggle. But, yeah, I don't know. But generally, I, th- I think there's always... An, there's al- it's always nice to see an African team... I agree. Uh, ...do well. I don't know why. Maybe that's me. Let's look at me. I'm a diverse person. Uh, but but, it do, no, but it, it, it's true. It, it, I do like different... Con- I, like, I like a team from, the, um, from South America to do well, obviously. And Africa... Um, I just have I just have that feeling that they obviously they do obviously Mane will be a big loss, but they're more than just Mane. They've got a very good collective, and I think they play with a lot of energy. They'll play with the fans will come with a lot of passion, and they're not in that group. I would back them to get second, or even surprise the Netherlands and get first mm-hmm. because of the because of the, the the energy that they might play with. And if they get first in the group, I think that will help them. If they get second, that Still not. I don't but know. But they'll play England, won't they? They've got a, even, they've got a great chance yeah, of yeah, finals. Yeah. <laughs> you think, but I don't know, you know, because there's always one African team that seems to pull up trees when it comes well, to... Well, Ghana, the... maybe Ghana could be that. Possibly. That question as well. I mean, in Ghana's group, they play... It's Portugal, Uruguay, uh, South Korea. They, they could I probably dis- They could probably dislodge one of the top two because, I mean, there's a bit of me that thinks that Portugal might be the team that just completely... Bombs. There's always a one that like Germany yeah. I think was in 2018 didn't yeah. get out of the group so it's always one. Uh, Uruguay for me are the are the dark horse. I was just gonna say uh, the Darwin Nunes. I mean he took a lot of criticism this season. Yeah, um, bless him. But he is a good player. Him and Suarez up front. Him and Suarez up front. They've got Valverde who's probably the most informed winger in the world. He will probably play midfield. Yeah, I, I just like them and they always do well at the World Cups. So, I mean there's yeah. always that affinity with Uruguay and the World Cup. So yeah, they've got a tough group but. They could they could definitely surprise a few, but yeah, winners Brazil for me. I just think the climate will help them and exceptional team. I, I'm thinking about Uruguay now as well. To be fair, they do have a phenom- they do have a very very decent uh, yeah, especially yeah. going forward. Yeah, yeah. No, to be fair, I might. I might and Araujo as well. It's in centre half. Araujo is it's, it's, he's yeah. doing really well. So yeah, I, I like that. Should we move on? Are we going to move on to Ronaldo? We can do. We can. We can move on to Ronnie. Um, Portugal. You were just saying maybe, maybe not. They could bomb. They could do well. It all hinges no, on Ronaldo when I, if he turns up. I think. I don't know about that. I think they're there. Oh, it's, it's a big, it's a big factor. We all know that the influence that Ronaldo will have on Portugal. If he does well, the team will do well for me. Right. Thank you, Mystic Meg. But I think in no terms problem. of yeah. Anytime. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mystic. Fair enough. Uh, so I think I think the, uh, the but the thing is they are more than the Ronaldo. Look at their squad. We just talked about the depth of it. If they built a system around their players that weren't Ronaldo. But they, the, the fact is, they don't do they? They still play to Ronaldo. I mean, they were literally lumping it to him in the last tournament. So yeah, yeah. He, Ronaldo, obviously, big big talking point. He's had this interview with Piers Morgan um, that to say was controversial is probably an understatement. It was rather rather widely. I think Piers said actually that he's gone. I don't I don't I don't think he's promoted it very much. Piers Morgan actually. I think if he was. Uh, 
You know, if he was smart about it, he'd have probably done promos every hour. But he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't done that, has he's he? Mar- he has marketed it so well. Because my, my views on the interview, I've watched both parts. I have to. Yeah. Does he say much wrong? For me? Um, really? Well, you know, Mike, I, I think I think he's got a bit of a... He's, a, he's feeling a bit sensitive, isn't he, Ronaldo? Clearly, I mean... For me, the way he attacked the coaches was a little bit... I think that's the only thing, is the fact he's still a Man United employee and he's doing this. Yeah. But also, Paul Ralph Ranić. I was <laughs> I thought you when you said that. It was so funny. It was, I've never heard of him. <laughs> no, but to be fair, <laughs> lots of people have. It says a lot about Ronaldo, doesn't it? That one of the most highly respected German coaches is like, oh, I've never heard of him. Well, who has he heard of? Like, has he just got like five or ten managers? <laughs> it was awful. I spent last season like banging the Ranjik drum saying, leave him alone. And, uh, and Ronaldo, but I'll tell you what, Harry, does that not suggest why Ralph Ranjik seemed to do better when Ronaldo was injured or not involved with it at the start than when Ronaldo is trying to... Seeing that, Ronaldo got 30, 32 goals in all comps last season. So I can, I can see his yeah. argument. I think the biggest issue with Cristiano Ronaldo is yeah. he has spent his entire career being told how wonderful he is. Yeah. And he is. I mean, a bit like me, Harry, you know, when someone tells me. I was like, <laughs> for, me, um, for me, the greatest football player of all time. And oh, my perception of him may have changed a little bit after the, after the interview and you know, the, the way he's gone on in recent weeks. But I think it must be a bit of a shock to him that I know he's 37. I don't think he, he realises that he's slowing down. He still thinks in his head he's the best football player in the world. And he's not at the minute because, I mean, there's probably 10 or 20 players better than Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, I just think, well, come on. I mean, clearly he is. I mean, just look at the Newcastle team. There's 11. Don't, there, don't let Ronaldo hear you say that. <laughs> there's 11 Burnley players at the minute <laughs> yeah. that are better than Ronaldo. <laughs> Go about Vegas. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that he's... I don't think he realise how how do I phrase it? Cristiano Ronaldo is thirty seven years of age, and at thirty seven years of age, a lot of players have retired, and usually you are past it unless you're a goalkeeper. Ronaldo is not the same Ronaldo, and Eric Ten Hag probably realizes that if he wants to get the best results out of Man United, they've got to start without him because he will not he will not press. press. Yeah, that that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I just think that, I mean, he said he had no no respect for him, all that sort of thing. And I, I kind of get some of his sentiments when he said that, you know, being asked to come on in the last three minutes of a game. Yeah. Are you, are you, I, I, for me, I mean, especially a player like Ronaldo, who one of the greatest of all time, you can't, I think it's a little bit disrespectful maybe to kind of bring him down to that level of come on for the last three minutes and have a runabout, son. Well, you, you, you try your best if you get an exclusive for BBC Test with Ronaldo, because you've said he's BBC the greatest Test. of all time. To, well, that's what it is, isn't it? Tess? Tess? BBC Tess? What, Tesside? Yeah. You're supposed to be Northern. What's wrong? Anyway, anyway, BBC Tees. Thank you. If you get if you get an exclusive for him for BBC Tees, you, you've, you've done well because you said greatest of all time about three times in that little monologue that you said. But that's rubbish. You said Messi was the greatest. No, I'd never said that. Oh, right. oh God, the disgusting. No, I've always, I've always, I've always been a Ronaldo fan. Oh, of course you have. Of course you have. I am. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why you, you share a similar mentality. You're always like, oh, I'm the best editor here. You know, I'm the best. Oh, editor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see editor in chief who's done nothing for us for months. Slander, defamation. We've yeah. just done media law. Defamation. 
and I'm taking you to court. Let's see you in Pure the truth, though, isn't it? So I don't think you'd have much of a case, civil. Johnny. Let's see. Yeah. Well, what's, what you, what's your defence honestly held opinion? <laughs> <laughs> Check the I know my, I know my rights. <laughs> I know my rights. Anyway, enough of, enough of my personal slander. I've been very busy. Um, <laughs> very busy drinking over the last yeah, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> I'll keep that in just for my oh, amusement. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> we go back to going back to the um, the discussion at hand. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the way you attacked and I mean, ra- just go back to Randy. Just, <laughs> okay. just over that. I know it's I know it's sort of been brushed aside because he called, said Rooney was ugly basically. So. <laughs> And then I he went after the current definition on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly held opinion. <laughs> the truth defends. <laughs> anyway. Um, but does that show maybe why the Ranyuk interim period was so unsuccessful? Because the main guy basically thought he was he, can you, you can imagine him going round to the to the guys in the change room car, you going, Who's this guy? <laughs> Never heard of him. I mean, it's awful that though, isn't it? I think you and we only do this one question, but do you think if Ranya could have been in charge without Ronaldo, he might have fared quite a bit better? Maybe, but there's still a lot of toxic players in that dressing room that didn't really help. It's a bit yeah. of a lost cause. I just think with like especially with Ronaldo, I mean, what did he expect going back to Man United? I mean, everyone knew. I mean, just just read the papers. Everyone knows it's Which a mess. Was- I mean, the Glazers are putting putting no money into Man United, they take fortune out every year. Did he not realise what he was walking into? So, mm. I mean, he's, he can complain all he wants, but yeah. the right was on the wall before he even walked in the door. Mm. I, I don't think I could summarise that any yeah. better, really. Yeah. I mean, in terms of just before we move on to Premier League generally and quick review of that, um, do where does it go? Because naturally... Saudi. MLS? Saudi, for me. He'll go no. for a payday. I think, to be fair, he, he talked about it yesterday, didn't he, saying he was offered, like, $350 million over two seasons to play. Yeah. And if he is short of options, which I know he said he wasn't, but probably is, other than like... I mean, he won't be short of options, but yeah. Sporting Lisbon can't afford to pay him £400,000 no. a week. There's only a select few clubs that can. I don't think the Premier League club would, would no. touch him. Certainly, I mean, Newcastle just wouldn't, because it goes against everything that the club are doing at the minute. Arsenal aren't <laughs> going to... Arsenal aren't going to disrupt... How well they're doing the league by bringing yeah. in Ronaldo. Well, well, Piers wanted them to bring him in, didn't he? <laughs> Hang on, can I just ask a question on Piers? So I was debating this this week. Does Piers Morgan genuinely believe all the, you know, the the, the stuff he's saying about Ronaldo, or does he see an interview opportunity here and he's been a very smart journalist getting him on side? Because I, I, I'm sorry, that level of bottom licking is 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 quite. It's quite something, isn't it? He surely can't believe that Arsenal would be better at this moment in time, bringing in someone who's just basically dropped a bomb in his old club and walked away. Surely he doesn't think that. Well, he did write an article in the Mirror column piece about 10 years ago saying that Messi was the best player of all time. (laughs) And that that changed. But to be fair to Piers, I mean... It's a, it's a crack exclusive. It is, it is. So hats off to him, to be fair, on that it, one. It is, and it's actually a very good interview. Yeah. It is a very good interview. I, I, I thoroughly... I think, he could, I think he could have pushed him a little bit harder. I mean, not for me to critique. Well, it's yeah. a bit like Donald Trump, isn't it, when he got Trump on and he was basically slapping... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a different tactic from Piers compared to his days on Good Morning Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah. just yeah. spend the whole time, like, interrupting whoever uh, was talking. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Still preferred his Trump interview though, where he was, yeah. Excuse me, excuse me, Piers, let me talk. 
<laughs> very good. Uh, anything to get one of those in. But no, it's uh, no, it's very, very good interview. Can't argue. Uh, the real winner's probably Piers Morgan, not going to lie. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, or Ronaldo, if he wants to push away and get away in Jan. I mean, that's another way. It's, it's an I mean, it's over for him, isn't it, at Man United? Surely he can't. He no. can't go back. I mean, no, no, he no. talked a lot about the fans having a side. Fans will not no. have a side now, I don't think. I no. mean, ultimately, he's still disrespected the manager of that football yeah. club. He was he's doing well. He's doing all, he's doing all right, yeah, isn't he? He's doing well. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's done for him. Where he goes, for me, probably somewhere who can afford him, and that will be Saudi. Yeah, very good. Okay, so in terms of like the Premier League coming to a close now uh, for a brief period an unprecedented clause close clause god my accents all over the place with that word an unprecedented clause close this winter because of the world cup <laughs> malfunctioning malfunctioning reboot reboot but i mean what are the main talking points then from the, from the start of this season? i mean arsenal overperforming doing incredibly well building what i would like to call if you ordered city on wish but because you, you sort of see Man City, but every player basically in every position is better at Man City, near enough. R- roughly, roughly. Yeah. Is, there any, is there anyone at Arsenal? Because I think if you did a combined 11 of the 4-3-3, that Arsenal play and then City play, I don't think anyone gets into the City uh, team from Arsenal. Maybe Thomas Party, maybe... Over, no, got, but you'd have Rodri, I'd have Rodri yeah. Party, and then you've got De Bruyne and Bernardo... You'd say Salabar, but Salabar's been very good since the start of the season. However, I'm still taking an informed Diaz and Laporte over Salabar because of the longevity oh, they've had. Yeah, for I, me. I yeah, for me. Um, so therefore, I can't really think of anyone else that some, gets you, in. Some arguments to be had, but on the major, you would you would say the Man City. So yeah, it's interesting. It's almost a bit like Manchester City when they started their uh, owner, the Abu Dhabi owners came in and Sheikh Mansour took charge and started ploughing money into that project and how they really started to ascend the league very quickly. I think probably, I don't know, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think the fact that Liverpool have tailored off so much, the fact that Man United are still in transition a little bit, the fact that Chelsea have gone from proven European success manager Gray, uh, Thomas Tuchel and then they've moved into moved to Graham Potter who's still a very good manager but they've still got that element of him adjusting to a big club them adjusting to him the whole model at Chelsea really changing to something of long-term sustainability as opposed to some someone who wants a trophy every season I think there is a window there for for Newcastle to come in and take maybe fourth place I think you would expect Tottenham to push on after a. You know, to be fair, for Tottenham to be fourth, given how poorly they've, they've been, played, uh, be, yeah, that's thing. That's thing true. is, they've been for me. They've been really, really poor, but mm. they're only. I think they're on twenty nine points, yeah. and for how bad they've been to be on twenty nine points, that's a positive for them because if they can kick on, like you, you think they're going to get third. Yeah, you would think they would get third. Yeah, um, and. There was this whole thing about Conte changing his training methods in terms of the intensity he went at because he thought if he went to his normal training methods and they did the World Cup and he came back, they would be lagging so badly for the second half of the season. Not sure how true that is, but I imagine that they will push on stronger in the second half of the season. No doubt with some January buys because everything I hear about Tottenham is that Daniel Levy and Paratici want to back Conte 100%. They are unwavering, even in amid the questionable performances questionable but thing result. is on paper as well i don't think they've their squad is that 
no. good. Other no, than obviously Kane Son, Kulazewski, Richardson, you can maybe throw into the mix there. They're not they're no. not star studded by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they've got Emerson Royal playing Volvac, who's having a torrid time at the minute. Yeah. They they have a very questionable questionable setup uh, in terms of the playing squad and Conte usually does find miracles out of pretty average looking playing squads. He does seem to find a way usually to make things work, but he also wants backing. Very very demanding manager, but all the signs seem to be that they want him to stay for the long term. And if they do, I can't see. I mean, if they don't win anything with Antonio Conte, I think they 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 are in. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they can do. I so mean, how he, long is Harry Kane's contract as well? Because I mean, surely hmm. he's not going to renew at Spurs. And and obviously, I know he wants the record and all that sort of thing. But surely he's got to think in his head. I wouldn't mind winning some trophies before I retire. Yeah, well, I, I think it will. I think if Conte stays, it will make him think about yeah. staying. If Conte goes, I think he, he definitely won't renew. So I think it's one of those where the manager situation will dictate the player, uh, the player's future. So that's certainly some, something to look at. In terms of further down the table, obviously... we Just, just before on, we move on, Johnny, yeah. if you had to predict the top six now for the end of the season, um, Ooh, what, do you, what do you think? Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with City to win the league. Quite safe, I know. Sorry, Arsenal fans. I do want Arsenal to do it if Newcastle don't. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with City first. I just think they've got the squad depth, and yeah, I just think after the World Cup, it's a little bit of a quiet uh, fixture congestion sort of running. So yeah, I think City, Arsenal second, um, third. I'm gonna go with. Ooh. I'm going to go Newcastle third. I think we'll stay third. I just think that another January window, and it's a lot, I think for me, I know you said it's a bit like when Man City started rising up, which I agree to an extent, but it feels quite a lot like Leicester 15-16 season, mm. and that at home, they can beat anyone. They've just got a fantastic squad morale. I know the players aren't the best on, on paper, but they've just got a brilliant team unity, play so well together, and that might just take them over the line. So I'm going to, actually going to go with Newcastle in third. Fourth, I'm going to go with Liverpool. I just think they'll, they'll sort themselves out. Um, already the results are starting to improve a little bit better and they've had some bad luck in a few games, but that win against Tottenham was was huge away from home. Um, Spurs in fifth, just think the squad's not that good and Conte mm. just seems that, does he want to be there? I know you said Levy and Cole want to back him, but I, I, I don't think the squad's that great, but they picked up a lot of points. I really don't know. They could finish anything from third to fifth for me. I'm going to go fifth. Uh, fifth. Man United, I'm going to go in sixth. I just think that still in transition under Ten Hag. The Ronaldo situation's really not helped. Um, Dalo and Martinez have been big pluses for them this season defensively. Uh, I still think they need a, a top centre midfielder to really yeah. kick them on alongside Casemiro. Uh, maybe need a, a goal scorer as, as such as well. I just think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed there before they can fight for top four. So for me, sixth. Um, Chelsea probably seventh or maybe even eighth. Mm. So yeah, that's my that's my six. Yeah, I'd probably go Man City to win it, Arsenal second, Tottenham third, Newcastle fourth. Ooh. Man United fifth, Liverpool sixth. Do you think Liverpool might go all in for the Champions League then? In that case, is that was that your kind of? I think I think the issue with Liverpool mainly for me is obviously they've had their injuries, but I said this before a different podcast that they've had a lot of the squad for a long period of time, and the way Klopp plays different to the way Guardiola plays. Guardiola's is 
intense, but usually a lot of ball possession, so it's maybe a bit less intense, a bit more on the on the muscles, on the on the physical energy. Whereas Klopp's is always high intense, gag and press, push, push, push. It's almost more about I know City work hard to win the ball back, but they have seventy five percent of the ball. Whereas yeah. Liverpool's isn't like that, is it? Liverpool's is like work hard to get the ball back, but they almost want to lose the ball. And then force the opposition into mistakes to press them at each and every opportunity. And it's relentless and it's exhausting and it is entertaining. But ultimately, I think exhausting. And unlike City as well, Liverpool, have, as I say, got quite a lot of the same core of players playing week in, week out. And I just think some of them might be physically and mentally a bit done in, in moments. And a bit like Bielsa with Leeds to a point where he, he, he plays them to the level of exhaustion. And if you don't get that turnover of players coming then eventually it's going to hit a bit. And I think it is hitting a bit. And I think it, it clearly is. I still think they're a very good team. I still think Darwin Nunez will do very well, like I said at the start of the season. Yeah. He's a very, he's a complete and utter troublemaker. And he's going oh, to he's, he's so good. good to watch. You just but, don't know what you're going to get from him, do you? He's a box of tricks. No. But ultimately, I just think there's not been enough turnover. The way they play, it's probably going to have a few lasting effects on those players this season. And this might be the one where they actually drop off a bit collectively, mentally, physically. It looks like they've done so far, at least. And I think they need a, I think they need a big turnover because as good as some of these players have been, they've been playing virtually unchallenged for many, many yeah. seasons. And they've been physically be giving it 110% for many, many seasons. And I just think, just look at Man City. I know they've got more money to play with. Yeah. They spent it very well, yeah. and they've managed to show really no sentiment. So, for example, people said, oh, selling Sterling, that's a weird one, me included. Um, that's worked out well. He's been there for a number of seasons and not doing very well at Chelsea. They got rid of Leroy Sané because he wasn't happy with uh, necessarily dropping in and out of the squad. Suddenly he went from being quite a regular in the team to on the outskirts, and then he got sold as well. Jesus has gone, Zinchenko's gone, and they brought players in. Uh, Rodri taking over from Fernandinho uh, Cancelo coming yeah. in Diaz coming in it's it very basically... rare they make a blunder isn't it yeah and basically Incoming they, keep, coming. they keep it fresh they keep it fresh and their style of play for me is more sustainable than Liverpool in terms of from a physical perspective because they are controlling the game they've got the tempo and everything's there Liverpool don't control the tempo they just sort of attack it all the time if that makes sense yeah. and I just think that that's why they are due a tailor off. And they were due a tailor off a couple of seasons ago because they, they were, were played so poorly. And it was just because it was that weird lockdown season, I think, that they managed they to... They had a lot of injuries as well, didn't they, to defence. And it, we're kind of seeing a similar pattern this year in terms of the amount of injuries they've had. And that's why I think that they'll they'll scrape top four because they're still a quality side. And once mm-hmm. they get... Look, I know Thiago is he's injured every week, but if they can get him going for a run of games, then that'll help them massively. But final point, mm-hmm. do you think the January window decides the top six completely title all the way down yes i agree it's huge <laughs> it's good that one it's huge uh, isn't it yeah. just a quick summary of the rest of the league then briefly two minutes um what is what's your general consensus of that i mean people at people at the bottom do you see that sort of staying as it is lepetigu's coming at wolves so that could be a boost you know for them he's a very experienced manager uh and he's I mean, he, there was a, there was a bit of a stage interview we did with Traore where he said we need to push on now in Spanish and blah 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 blah. I thought fair enough yeah, PR yeah. for the club, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that probably will help Wolves' plight. Southampton getting Nathan Jones in. I've got to be honest. I thought Sean Dyche was there and he, they offer similar sort yeah. of 
I, I was a bit surprised. Four for the fifth, one for the two. One. Yeah. Long ball, Che Adams. Daichi, that was Daichi all over, wasn't it? Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, for me, I think Wolves are in. I mean, I can't believe they're on ten points. That's crazy. They've they've had. I mean, they've they stuck with that. The the caretaker, I think Steve Davis. They stuck with him for quite a while. Um, a lot of unrest off the pitch with the fans mm. towards the ownership, and I, it's one of those where. January, if they can if they can get it right and back Lopetegui, which I'm sure they will, because I mean that's a huge pull for them at bottom of the league to get Lopetegui and his manager. I still think they've got a good enough side to to stay in the division. Um, but the relegation race is is really wide open. Mm. I mean, if you asked me, if you asked me five six weeks ago, I would have said that Everton would have been really really comfortable this season because they looked yeah. handy. But Calvert Lewin can't stay fit. Um, fans are starting to turn a little bit towards Lampard as well. This was the man that they wanted. They really wanted Lampard's mm. manager. And I still think a lot of fans of, of Everton are, are kind of feeling like stick with him because we've had this strategy for years yeah. where sack a manager, get another one in, sack a manager. It's not sustainable because yeah. ultimately you're going to go down. But I think Everton are in are in real bother. Bournemouth start to see the drop off yeah. now. If they can get Bielsa in. That could be a lifeline for them, but it's a weird mix. Beyonce. You say you say that they did just beat Everton three 0 Yeah, but it's Everton though, and Everton are really <laughs> that. Everton are in shocking form at the minute. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah Bournemouth but... are still fortieth in the table, but you, <laughs> you, look at their, you look at their side on paper. Yeah. Like Wolves are a better side than than Bournemouth for me. Yeah. Wolves are bottom, so a lot can change. But I just think that the quality of that side, they will start to drop. Forest for me. Yeah. It's 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 another one where you know Steve Cooper looks like he's sort of turned the tide a little bit. Yeah. He's had a very very difficult job. I mean that's a brand new squad. Never mind a starting eleven. So maybe they're just starting to gel. They've looked all right in the last few games. Home form will be huge for them. So yeah, I think I think the relegation race is just as wide open as top four. Yeah. Yeah. And just a final word on the championship. Uh, Burnley doing very well. <laughs> Beat Blackburn three 0 on the final. Yeah. On the final game in the championship before the World Cup, Vincent Company doing a very good job, isn't he? And almost, it's quite funny actually. Well, it's not, but um, when Burnley went down, there were many people saying Sean Dyke shouldn't have gone. There were many people saying the ownership are crooks. They had very, very dodgy people. They don't have the best interest of the club at heart. Burnley could be in a financial capitulation, could be the next Sunderland. And yet, since that time, Completely new direction of football, completely new manager, completely new way of thinking, bringing lots of players in cheaply from overseas with good with good recruitment, selling the star players across the board, really, to cover the cost of the debt that they bought the club with, but replacing them in a cost-efficient way seems to have worked. And it's all sunny in Lancashire. Yeah, kudos. I mean, I'm not, I don't follow the championship as... You know, I only really cover Middlesbrough at the minute. Um, but yeah, Burnley. I mean, to be fair, I at the start of the season, I probably would have said that you would probably finish mid-table just outside the playoffs just because there's a huge change off the pitch mm. and on the pitch in terms of personnel. I mean, losing Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, there's lost so many players. Nick Pope coming to Newcastle. Mm. It's, it's a huge switch, but fair play to company because, I mean, it's it's a completely new brand of football. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I watched that. I watched the first 60 minutes of that Blackburn game. I couldn't believe the football Burnley were playing. Yeah. We've associated Burnley with long ball horrendous yeah. for so long. Now they're playing this beautiful, attractive stuff. And, I mean, five points clear of, 
of, of third place. It's it's looking looking very very good for an instant return back to the Premier League. Well, I did say like I mean last last pointer on this, but I did say last season when Sean Dyche left it out. I, it, what did I say? I said something like, oh, it was I, it was sixty percent weird, but there was an element of me that thought yeah. actually that there was there was something not quite right for a while. Just and gone the, stale, hasn't it? And the way that the players, I know it's a big turnover, but the way the players have have adapted and, and took on this new identity so quickly, maybe does suggest that actually maybe there was a bit of a boredom. I guess among yeah. I, I know it's such a big turnover, so fair, even better, more play, fair play to company because of what he's done at such a short space of time with a completely new squad almost. But the idea that this identity was fixed, it would take time. It's just made a mockery of it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've one of my really good mates, a Sunderland fan, um, got the four-two win there, which obviously I was happy about. Uh, messaging me saying Burnley best championship team I've ever seen in that second half. So just couldn't believe how good they were. Zarawi as well. He actually. Yeah, recently, I mean, what's is he gone to Morocco? He, he so so he's changed his nationality to Moroccan. So he's now gone to Morocco to to play in the World Cup. He's been fantastic this season. Such such flair. Is he on loan or is he? No, nope, four million pound. Where from? Uh, Belgian league. Do you think you can keep keep a hold of him then? I don't know. <laughs> Find out. Wait and see. Wait and see. depends how I hope much there's the not a release contract. Yeah, it depends how much the debt needs to be paid off. Yeah. <laughs> But no, no, fair play to all of that. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in right at to the end. To be fair, like, it's been a while, Johnny, since club football has gone well for the pair of us. It's probably the yeah. first time since the, we started this podcast that club yeah. football has been fabulous for the pair of us. So yeah. we're going to enjoy it and uh, hopefully England can bring some happiness to us for the World Cup because I think it, it will be... Bring some happiness or not. A I'll welcome be, surprise, I think. Yeah, I'll be in some bar, probably the student union bar because it does cheaper <laughs> pounds. Uh, <laughs> That that's how I'm going to be doing it. No MEN coverage for me when England's on. Thank you very much. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so if you would like to subscribe to more of this, then do. Uh, we are on all good podcasting platforms: Apple, Spotify, Podbean, maybe. Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I had read this somewhere, but I'm not sure. Transistor, where it actually goes up, and on the wonderful app that is Twitter that might not be around next week. There is this attachment thing where you can we're just going to be on linkedin i think (laughs) yeah you can just press play on that and you can listen to it through twitter without having to go anywhere externally i'm good it's like a little widget on the tweet it's wonderful uh but obviously do do give us a like subscribe review anything really would be really much appreciated and if you can recommend some cheap bars in manchester for johnny during the world cup that would be much (laughs) johnny knows where johnny knows where the bar (laughs) is that he's going why am I speaking about myself in third person? But anyway, uh, from myself and Harry, thank you very much for listening. A bit short. Well, I say a bit short. It's gone to an hour and 15 something, but <laughs> it's a bit shorter than the last one was. Yep. Uh, there was a lot to discuss. Uh, and yeah, thank you for being with us this far. If you got this far, and uh, have a wonderful World Cup and have a wonderful time up until Christmas, I guess. Yep. And hopefully we will see you in the new year. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will, Harry. Or just before that, I think we'll do well. Take care, stay safe, and thank you for listening. Uh-huh.